All right, so I want to read to you from, uh, from Mark chapter 4, and you're gonna, you'll recognize, uh, you'll recognize the, the, a couple of the parables here. Uh, I will just say that the first parable um, is only in Mark. So just that's all, it's always interesting, like if you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, Matthew, Mark, and Luke share so much material, but, but oftentimes, sometimes they, they have one thing and they have different things. So they, they have different perspectives. So, so just, just listen. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground, night and day. Whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts a sickle to it because the harvest has come. Again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes one of the largest of all garden plants, with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. Jesus spoke many parables like these to those who followed him. This was the only way that he taught them, although when he was alone with his chosen few, he interpreted all the stories so the disciples truly understood. That's the end of the reading. So I'd love to know, those of you who who watch um, TV these days, or Netflix, or whatever these are on, HBO, etc., what do The Crown, Billions, and Game of Thrones have in common? Power? Greed? Okay. What else? No wrong answer here. Family drama, okay? They're all about building kingdoms. They're all about building kingdoms. I think that's really interesting. They're all about these grand, if you, if you watch these things, they're all about these grand gestures, these huge castles, these large programs to get things done, lots of subterfuge and lots of intrigue trying to, trying to make sure the right people live and the right people die and, and, and all this sort of thing so they can get done what they, what they need to get done. Um, they, they're always just, as, as we would say uh, in certain places, perseverating on, focusing on, freaking out about what, what happens if this happens, what happens if that happens, what happens if I lose it all? Because it's all about building this large edifice, this, this kingdom that for some reason is the end all, be all of things. And they're willing to do anything. I mean, especially if you look at um, Game of Thrones, for example, uh, just because it's, it's a little more violent, um, they're willing to do anything. I mean, they're willing to, to build the kingdom. They're willing to separate families from each other. They're willing to... They're willing to to, to take mother and father and put them over here and children over there. They're willing to, to build walls in order to separate people from one another. I was using a little parable there, but just, just wanted us to think that this still, ha- it still happens today. And, I, you know, we, we do things in order, in order to build our kingdoms. 
Now, that's sort of on the large scale on, on all of that. And we, uh, on a smaller scale today, there's, a, there's been a huge wave of entrepreneurship. Huge wave of entrepreneurship. People who are, who are um, after 2008, especially with the downturn in the economy, people lost their jobs. And so they, they, a lot of them went out and said, you know what, I, I think I can start a company and run it better and have more security, perhaps, than I did by having somebody else be my boss. So there's this huge wave of entrepreneurship and, and, and building in sense than this other, this other uh, thing grew up alongside of it, which is how to help you build your kingdom. Here are the five steps to build. If you just pay me $10,000, I'll show you how I built my kingdom. And then you can have your own kingdom. Just Google it. Google how to make a million dollars in this year or, so, or something crazy, something you think is crazy. I bet there's somebody out there willing to sell you a program to build your kingdom, to build your kingdom. And so we often get enamored with the largeness of things. Who's been to Vegas? Okay, yeah, like you walk in these places and it's, and you know, you walk, and if you, if, and if you walk from, from place to place, you move from like basically one world to another. You know, in one place you're in Italy and the next place you're, you know, you're, you're in some old whatever, old town place. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. But it's just, you walk in and the, the, just the immensity of it all can just really be overwhelming. Can just really be overwhelming. And if you know where it is, of course, Las Vegas, you're also very close to one of the natural, I call, I call Vegas like one of the unnatural wonders of the world. Um, and, and, but you're really close to one of the natural wonders of the world, which is what? The Grand Canyon, also overwhelming in its, in its way. Yet, for so many people, they, they find a very different sense or spirit in, in the Grand Canyon than they do in Las Vegas. I can't imagine why. But we get enamored, we get enamored with the largeness of things. We, we, we continue to think that we need more and more, and that's, and, and oftentimes we're convinced of that, that more is better, that if we just, that if we just keep accumulating, we'll be, we'll have more security. If we, if we live, you know, if we live in a larger house, then that, that says something about us and, and about who we are. And we really, we really get enamored with that. I was talking with a, a very good friend yesterday, and, and, and I just said to him, I said, you know, what strikes me is some of the things that we get to do on a weekly basis, only the kings and queens of old got to do. Like last night, my wife was able to, in a 10-minute period, or 15-minute period, go to the store and get meat to bring home and put on a grill of which we ate our fill. Right? I didn't have to go hunt it. She did. Right? I mean, we, um, you know, for some of us, you know, we, we have, we, we've gone and gotten massages or we've been able to go on trips to beautiful places. We, we I think, get so used to some of the largesse that we enjoy here in this country, we, we get enamored with even making more of it because 
we see others who, are in, who seem to be enjoying much more of that largesse than we are. And so we want to build our kingdom. We want to build our kingdom. And what's really fascinating to me is um, in study after study, people who have more, and oftentimes, especially the people who have a lot, I mean, beyond your imagination, a lot, are the most insecure about what they have. They are so afraid that they're going to lose it that they work themselves to death trying to secure it, trying to make sure that nobody takes it away from them. And it's almost like they get brittle in their fear trying to, to hold on to this kingdom that they're, that they're trying to build. What's interesting in these shows oftentimes, in these TV shows, is that it's, it's often these little things uh, that happen that trip them up. These little insignificant, what seem like insignificant little, little things that they do that, that sort of come back and bite them and, and stop them from, you know, from doing whatever they're doing. There's, these are off, awesome little plot twists. But in terms of the world, they're little things, and I think that's part of what this parable is about, little things can make a tremendous difference, can have a tremendous impact. I remember being in a cemetery one time and, and seeing there was a slab on the ground and, and, and I don't believe it was completely open underneath, but it was a marble slab and it was probably this thick. I mean, huge, you know, eight foot, three foot, something like that. And when they laid the slab, apparently an acorn had gotten caught underneath it. And, you know, a thinking man thinking person would think, oh, well, that acorn, that's toast, right? What did the acorn do? It sent shoots down, and then it started sending shoots up, and it found its way through the marble, and now there was a big crack in the marble, and there was a tree coming up through the marble. The kingdom that that person had built, this little thing, this little thing over time, without anybody knowing it was happening, Without anybody watching, all of a sudden, boom, there it is. It put a crack in the fissure of that kingdom. Because I think kingdoms, the way we build them, are often brittle like that. What I love about this parable is that in the time that Jesus is speaking, of course, what's the, what's the great kingdom? What's that? Well, heaven, but, I, but earthly kingdom. Rome, right? The Romans. And we know how the Romans do things. The Romans keep the peace with, a, with an iron fist. That's, that's how they work. And so, and so they had the grand edifices. They, they had the large armies. They, they had all of, those, all of those things that they needed to keep, to keep that power. And Jesus says, that's not the kingdom. That's not the kingdom. Because see, Caesar was thought to be a son of God. He was, he was supposed to be... This was supposed to be the kingdom of God, Rome. But Jesus said, that's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is this mustard seed. And in in that time, the mustard seed was used proverbially, here we go again, as as, as for it was known for its smallness. 
was known for its smallness. So it may not be the smallest seed and all that that, that Jesus says in the Bible, but, but proverbially it was just one of those things that, that told you this was a small thing. And he says, so, you know, the kingdom of God is unlike the kingdoms of the world. It's like a mustard seed. It's this tiny little thing. And it grows, and the word in the Greek is, it ends up being automatic. I forget what the... I forget what the verb is, but, but it ends up being, it grows automatically is what, the, what one of the words we get from that. It comes of the soil, but it's organic. It grows into the thing that it was supposed to be grown into. And it becomes something that then becomes a home and a place for the birds, which I think also is a metaphor or a parable for how, for how it, it shows itself. Because... Um, the mustard plants uh, o- over over there could grow as as tall as a house. Then they're really gangly and funky looking and weird and and whatever. And so you know you you think about it and it's like oh this is really strange. Uh, Mark is the only one who actually says that it's a bush or a shrub. Matthew and Luke they change it to a tree because of course trees are much more magnificent than a mustard bush. But Jesus in Mark says it's this organically grown thing. This this kingdom grows and you don't even know it. And for me, that's a lot comforting. Because there's so much in our world where I, I would say, as a person of faith, God, where... Where are you? Are we, are we any better than we've been? Is it any better than Game of Thrones, really? But Jesus says that, that kingdom, that kingdom is growing. And you can't see it. You're going to see the results of its growth, though. And that's where I take heart is I begin to look for those places that are not so obvious because kingdoms again are about the big thing the big splash the big whatever the videos that get uh, watched over and over and over on on YouTube or whatever are you know some dumb kid on a motorcycle jumping off a ramp and you know falling on his head we think those are hilarious the ones that don't get shown are the ones where someone goes and sits with someone in the hospital when they're dying. The ones that don't get shown are, are, are the places where someone pays the rent for a single mom because she just needs that month to get back on her feet. The videos we don't see are the ones where congregations open the doors of their buildings to people who they don't know so that they might have a place to be safe, to do what they need to do in order to heal, to find love and hope again. The videos we don't see are the little things that you are all doing Every week, every day, 
to love and care for people around you because you have found that love and care in the kingdom of God, in Jesus. Because this kingdom is a reworking of the word kingdom. God's kingdom is a total revisioning of it. The kingdom of God is built by what the world thinks is weakness. The kingdom of God is built through Jesus upon his death, but then his resurrection. This leader was killed by the powers that be, and yet it planted a seed. And so our temptation, our temptation as Christians is to build castles. Like this one. Right? I mean, look at this place. It's amazing. 40,000 square feet of space here. And we have this steeple that reaches up to the sky. I'll never take you up there, but I've been up there. And you can see forever. It's, I mean, it's an amazing, amazing edifice. And if it were just that, we ought to knock it down. But it isn't that. For us, for us, it is an outgrowth of this kingdom. It is a tool to be used to touch people's lives so that they know that there is always hope, that God is quietly working away through the lives of God's people and the lives of those who God calls to love and serve and give to all people, so that we can build a different kind of kingdom than an earthly kingdom. We can build the kind of kingdom that is built on what looks like weakness, but is really strength on what looks like death, but is really new life. So today, part of my message is, is I, want you to ha- I want you to have good hope. Because the signs don't always look very good. Whatever bleeds, leads. But we have to be the ones who are looking for where the kingdom is. And it's mustard seed nature. Because the kingdom is first and foremost built by planting that seed in our hearts and in our minds and in our lives. May you see the kingdom. May you be the kingdom. And may it grow in your heart and your mind and your life. In the name of Jesus, amen.